welcome to the STEM Economy with your host, Matt Bender. Conspiracy coin? Or even better, maybe coinspiracy. Welcome everyone to Scam Economy. That is right. I am your host, Matt Binder. And on this episode of Scam Economy, we are diving into the QAnon conspiracy theory. And you might be saying to yourself, this is a show about scams and grifts and cryptocurrency. Why are we talking about right-wing conspiracies that claim that former President Donald Trump is secretly fighting a war against a global satanic baby-eating, child-trafficking, pedophile ring made up of elites in Hollywood and his political rivals, such as the Democratic Party. Come on, Matt. I know, right? Boring. No, but seriously, the reason we're talking about it is because that conspiracy is not being weaponized only for political means, but for financial gain as well. And you probably guessed it, the way some of those QAnon influencers are bilking their followers is through cryptocurrency. And I know the viewers and listeners of this show are on the up and up with this stuff, but just to be clear, the claims made in these conspiracy theories are as legit as the claims that the next meme coin or NFT project are going to make you fabulously rich. And by that, I mean they're not legit at all. It's complete bull. If you're familiar with my other show, Doomed with Matt Binder, you can say that this episode is like a crossover. And what better timing for this episode? Because just this past week on Doomed, I had a researcher who's been tracking the QAnon conspiracy come on my show to discuss how the founder of the conspiracy theory, the anonymous Q, has chosen right now to return after basically disappearing for 563 days. Ooh. This is going to be a really interesting episode diving into some of the weirdest aspects of both the cryptocurrency world and the conspiratorial scene. So let's jump right into it, but really quick. Patreon.com slash Matt Binder to support this show. YouTube.com slash Matt Binder and Twitch.tv slash Matt Binder for videos and live streams. ScamEconomy.com for all the links to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you can catch the audio version of this program. And now, where they scam one, they scam all. Come follow me as we dive into the rabbit hole. Joining me now to discuss all of this, from the tech-based anti-misinformation firm Logically AI, UK editor Ernie Piper, and senior OSINT analyst Nick Bakovic. Thank you, Ernie and Nick, so much for joining me today. Thank you, Mag. Thanks for having us. It's really good to be here. Yeah, it's great to talk with you. And I just want to say... This report on this QAnon crypto grift is, number one, incredibly fascinating and interesting. Uh, and also, number two, incredible timing. Just like a week before, uh, this, you know, this report drops just a week before the return of the anonymous Q account that started QAnon after like, what was it, 563 days of just disappearing? I have to ask, how did you guys know? How did you know to time it so perfectly? 
<laughs> well, I claim military insider information, but you know, I don't really want to go there either. Right. <laughs> right, right. So, so, you know, we're going to focus on the the cryptocurrency scheme grift aspect of this. But also it's really important for people to know the conspiratorial uh, you know, background, the you know, the QAnon connections here to really get that full understanding. Um, so, so let's start with this, though. Um, you know, up at the top of the show, I quickly ran down what, what QAnon is. But I always ask whenever I talk to people on my other show, uh, Doomed, which focuses more on the conspiracy theory stuff. Um, you know, because everyone seems to have a slightly different answer because it just shows how all over the place QAnon conspiracy theories are. How would you define QAnon to someone who has no idea what QAnon is. That lucky individual who has never heard of this before. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a good question. I mean, I think the thing that we need to remember that QAnon at the moment is just a giant big tent conspiracy theory that encompasses a lot of other conspiracy theories, but it is not necessarily because it had so many splinters in itself and has evolved, it's not necessarily the same thing that QAnon was back in 2017 and 2018, which, you know, fundamentally at the core of QAnon is the belief that elites, mostly comprising of Democrats, are running this secret child trafficking ring and that uh, an elite, uh, a high-level military insider is leaking out information from the Trump organization uh, about how, you know, the Trump administration was saving the world. Uh, and, and and important to realize that QAnon um, started on 4chan and it kind of started as a joke among these in-groups before it started getting taken more seriously within these communities. And then it spread out onto other social media platforms, including YouTube and Facebook and uh it became this whole community complete with all sorts of different influencers and personalities who held conferences. Uh, so, it, it, you know, it started as just like a few posts on 4chan, but it has really grown into this whole, um, you know, decentralized media empire that relies on these very small um I don't want to say cults of personality because that's not quite right, but it's very like influencers. Basically, it's influencer media. Um, right. And it relies on a mix of these really weird conspiracy theories and other kinds of misinformation to draw people in um, and make people stop trusting sources of information outside those communities. Right. So. Let, let me note here up top that while, uh, you know, like you said, uh, there's all these influencers that basically keep this whole conspiracy theory going for its followers. And, you know, the, the one who started it, the anonymous Q that no one knows who he, she, they are, um, you know, and, and the influencers have kept this going for all the, for this like year and a half that there was no Q dropping his uh, vague posts that people would try to decode. Um, so let, let's uh, let me mention here that Q is not the, the the anonymous account. Q is not involved in these crypto schemes that we're going to talk about. Um, as far as we know, uh, Q has never tried to monetize 
their uh, following as Q at least. Uh, you know, whoever they are could be also running a different account. Uh, be, they could very well be one of these influencers pretending not to also be Q while trying to code this stuff. But as Q, they've never tried to monetize their account. So who are these two uh, individuals we will be, or, you know, again, two accounts. I think we know that one certainly is an individual. Um, who are these two accounts, these two QAnon influencers we're going to be focusing on today as part of your report on this uh, unbelievable QAnon-related cryptocurrency scheme? Um, so, I mean, to, to explain that, we got to go back to uh, what I was saying about the splinters. And there was one splinter group that was pushing certain conspiracy theories that, you know, a lot of people who were into QAnon weren't necessarily on board with. And it had to do with a lot of these, you know, cryptocurrencies and financial uh, quantum finance um, and um, the theory of Nasara and Jasara that, you know, this imminent uh, cancellation of all debt was upon us. And two of these include Whiplash 347, who was part of our investigation, and Patriot Cakes, uh, who was part of the Quantum Stellar Initiative. Right. And the Whiplash uh, Telegram uh, channel, prior to – well, prior to your report, probably not prior to the crypto stuff because it all seems to overlap. This was one of the people – and I think you know whether they're into QAnon or not probably heard because it was so mainstream, this new, these news reports at the time – when there was a gathering of QAnon believers in Dallas uh, late last year because there was a belief that JFK was going to return and possibly come out and endorse Donald Trump or something like that. The Whiplash account was one of those accounts sort of leading the charge and spreading this rumor. Um, yeah, and... You know, going back to what we said, like even the, in one of the most influential accounts um, regarding the Dallas thing is negative 48. And he was he's definitely somebody I would put in that splinter group uh, who is pushing you know, similar, similar theories. And so, yeah, it's no surprise that Whiplash has a connection there. Right. And I think I think what's fun uh, or or funny interesting not funny haha about <laughs> about this is that you know whiplash 347 um the person or persons operating that channel uh you know try and claim a connection to jfk jr um which is a part of that whole dallas thing that you know he's not actually dead he's actually alive and he's coming back like jesus um and so as part of his uh uh mystique the the people behind the whiplash 347 persona say oh we receive information directly from jfk jr you know we we know who he is we talk to him we've spoken to him right right now you know it's it, it's important for people to understand here that the reason why uh i'm talking about these conspiracies uh, up top here is because it's pretty clear that the individuals involved with this scheme saw that they had uh, attained a rather large following. In fact, how large are those two main Telegram channels that were pushing the crypto schemes we're about to talk about? Uh, so Whiplash has been as high as 300,000 followers on Jeez. Telegram. Um 
a lot of those migrated over from the Whiplash Facebook and Twitter pages. Um, but after those, I mean, those got taken down and then it moved to Telegram. Um, currently, the number stands at about 275,000. Since our reporting, it's dropped about 2,000 subscribers, which is nice to see. Uh, and then the QSI channels, um, there's Quantum Stellar Initiative, which is the big channel that is is more of a newsletter um, that is run by Emily Tang and her associates, who and she goes as Patriot Cakes, uh, cake spelled with a Q, on Telegram, um, and she uh, runs that as more of a newsletter, and that has about thirty thousand subscribers and. QSI has about 30,000 subscribers, and then the QSI chat group, which is where everybody can come and participate in the chat, that has about 10 or 11,000 subscribers last I checked. So, so those are a lot of people who are following them, period, but also a lot of people following them for the reasons that uh, they either believe or are interested in these conspiracy theories that we just spoke about. From, you know, the, the basis QAnon conspiracy theory about, you know, the deep state and, uh, you know, the powerful people running these global rings. Um, and then you have, you know, the JFK coming back. Very uh, bizarre, outlandish conspiracies that these people believe in. So it seems like the individuals involved with these schemes have had to have, you know, uh, had a light bulb uh, come across them and say, we have a lot of gullible people following us. Uh, this should be something to monetize. And, um, you know, I see that a lot in the various different crypto scams I've covered. People, and you mentioned, Nick, uh, Nasara, this belief that there's this law that's going to be coming into effect down the road that basically wipes out everybody's debt and, you know, helps everybody start anew, start fresh. Um, you know, the, the idea that the help is on the way. Uh, so, you know, you can uh, make some of these uh, maybe more decisions you wouldn't make knowing there'd be some sort of financial consequence right now, knowing that that financial consequence would be short lived because it'd be wiped out. Um, you know, believing all this stuff, searching for answers before their financial difficulties. It's just like the perfect hate to use this word because of its meaning to the uh, QAnon uh, believers, the perfect storm to run a crypto grift, it seems. I mean, you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's really a dangerous intersection when you enter an area where um, financial advice meets conspiracy theories. And uh, for something like Nasara, Nasara has been like the perfect setup for, for a grift. And it's been around for for very long for some 20 30 years now and it keeps finding its way back and it's something that we've been looking at over the past couple of years for at least two and a half years now and uh, it started coming back like shortly after the pandemic and it's exactly like you said you know if you if you tell somebody you've already got this huge um pool of people who already believe pretty outlandish things who um, if, if you step in and think, OK, this is a gullible pool of people, I can make them do what I want. And on top of it, you add the fact that you tell them that, look, you know, it doesn't matter if you max out your credit card buying this thing I'm telling you to buy because debt won't exist down the line. And therefore, you can, you know, 
invest this, you can make a profit, but you're guaranteed not to lose any money. Um, it leads a lot of people down a path where they're extremely vulnerable to do exactly that and lose a lot of money. Uh, and just to jump off the back of that, um, I think one thing that the QSI and Whiplash channels have been really effective at doing is that, you know, uh, actually disbelief and distrust of a lot of larger and more established institutions like banks or the media or whatever, that's that's a crucial component for really starting to buy into these conspiracies because you can take that distrust or which can come from, you know, entirely reasonable sources of being, you know, marginalized for whatever reason from wider society. And then you can take that and say, you know, don't believe anybody else, you should believe me. And then you mix um, cryptocurrency investing into, into that, which is like already a little bit technically complicated and, and brand new and not everybody has loads of information about it. So the people in these channels might not necessarily believe like 100% in all of the outlandish claims that are being made, but they're, they're at least willing to entertain them because they don't, you know, they distrust other kinds of institutions elsewhere and weaponizing that distrust, you know, th these influencers weaponize that distrust um, and point it towards these cryptocurrencies, which is hard to pick apart if you're not familiar with that already. And so investing in these things can seem like a really good idea. It can seem reasonable in those circumstances. Right. And all that right. to, to even that, like, you know, we we're out here and all like, you know, several outlets have covered this story and we're out here, you know, what they perceive as the mainstream media telling them like you are absolutely getting scammed here and that that distrust is so high that, you know, this is mainstream media. So that's fake news. And they don't want like a lot of people in those chats will not accept that. Right. So so let's let's dive into the details of this report. Um, what are these crypto scams? What were uh, Whiplash and um, Patriot Cakes uh, doing? What was the you know what was the what was their their grift here? So as far as we can understand, um, basically what would happen is that all of this took place on the Stellar network, you know, which is a major blockchain next to, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum. And the main advantage of the Stellar network is that you can create your own tokens or cryptocurrency assets very easily. You don't need a lot of technical expertise to do that. Um, and you can exchange it for other kinds of assets or fiat currency really easily as well. Um, so what would happen is that uh, these channels would post information about a new asset. You know, they'd say like the one that we wrote about in the report was Indus Gold, which was a fictional banking company backed, and it was a gold-backed venture, supposedly from a, uh, a gold mine in Kazakhstan managed by a Russian company. There is a real gold mine in Kazakhstan that is run by a real Russian company, but it has nothing to do with this cryptocurrency. Their website has been dead since 2020. They they don't have any cryptocurrency assets. So um, what uh, Whiplash and QSI would do is say like, hey, look, there's this new token that's been minted by a real business and it's backed by gold and it's a safe bet. Hitting uh, all those everybody notes. Should... Hitting all the Hitting gold. All those notes. The, you know, even, I guess, Russia even. I mean, really, anything that was catnip for their believers, they pretty much uh, threw in there. Yeah, and, and a lot of it seems to be based on these like maps of influence they drew from within other, um, what they call the decoding community or other uh, 
QAnon adjacent uh, communities, where it would show maps of influence between various, you know, conspiratorial groups, world government bodies, um, nation states, all these sorts of different connections. And they would bombard their followers with all of this sort of a combination of conspiratorial memes and real news stories and narratives and uh, uh, information about these supposed tokens um, and then get them all to buy it. And they'd say, you know, everybody buy as much as you can and then hold on to it. Don't sell it because, you know, we're all going to the moon uh, as usual. Um, And uh, what would happen is if you look at the transactions on the Stellar Ledger uh, is that there was a wallet that would create the tokens. That wallet sent it through a few other wallets to a different one, which held all of them, you know, like 900 billion of this this one worthless token. Uh, And then the Whiplash and QSI channels would promote that token a lot. Everybody would buy into it. That wallet would gradually increase the price of the token. Um, and then after a matter of days or sometimes even hours, all of the m- real money that had been put into that account that was selling all of those tokens would send it all off to the coin exchange via a few other uh, wallets that it had created. So everything was like directly connected to the wallets that minted the token and all of the money was pulled out of the system all at the same time. Right. So th- this and then, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, and then they just do it again. Then they just so they, create a, how many times token. Do, how many times do we know how many times they were? Oh, maybe we don't know altogether. But do you, do, from your reporting, were you able to pick up a, a number of times they've done it? Like a or, or you know, just to, to get a, a baseline, I guess. Or dozens, dozens, and dozens Jeez. and dozens of times. Every week, they post a list of assets that they say are really good buys. Um, and they also they post like little fire emojis next to the assets that are like particularly hot this week. Um, they also say do your own research. So um, if you lose money, it's not their fault. They they do say that. I, I will um, say I've mentioned this on both this show, Scam Economy, and my other show, Doom Before, because it is amazing. The only people I've ever seen online rally, like rally behind that slogan, uh, completely in unconnected fashions are QAnon and cryptocurrency advocates. So for them to finally meld together and say that slogan in unison here for this scheme uh, is incredible. It's like, you know, the, uh, I guess that Simpsons meme where it's uh, like, don't make me point to the sign and say the, you know, say the, say the, or even the, say the, uh, you know, say the, uh, the, 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 the catchphrase one. Yeah, it's like unbelievable. Jeez. Like doing your own research is actually very hard. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. To, I mean, I'm a journalist. It takes a lot of work to do your own research and you have to like go over everything you've written multiple times. You have to get lots of feedback from people to make sure it's right. Doing your own research is really, really hard. Uh, and uh, with crypto communities and with um especially with crypto communities, there is, you know, the fear, uncertainty and doubt thing. They There's the pressure to like buy in early so that you can make a lot of money. There is the, um, the 
kind of making fun of people who are trying to poo-poo your project because they're like, oh, they're just jealous of us. They're just the haters. And so that kind of insulates a lot of crypto spaces from um, a more critical appreciation of what's going on, uh, as well as um, I think in terms there are a lot of uh, lofty ideas that are connected to cryptocurrency, which I think are in principle good things like a decentralization of the economy and you know greater independence for investors and like trying to bring um, people who previously didn't have access to the financial system on board so that they you know would be able to participate in a way that makes sense to them. But doing all of those things properly is really challenging and requires a lot of um, you know, really well-sourced and vetted research. And a lot of the research, you know, that is available to the people in Whiplash and QSI uh, comes from other people in Whiplash and QSI. So it's now, not good quality research. Were they, were they pumping and promoting the same coins like in tandem or did they each have their own tokens that they were uh, rallying behind? Like, was this a, a joint effort or just two separate schemes running concurrently? No, they are they are openly connected. Um, for people who have participated for a long time, uh, they know that um, Emily Tang used to be an admin on Whiplash's channel. Um, she split off from Whiplash's channel at some point in 2021. I can't remember exactly when. Um, and she started the QSI channel, and she openly talks on that channel um, about being in contact with Whiplash and speaking with Whiplash. Um, and they post the same list of shared assets. They share that list in between each other. Right. So this this really does – what's incredible here is with all these twists and turns in terms of the, the QAnon-related uh, aspects of this particular scam um, – the actual cryptocurrency uh, attributes of it are really just in line from my experience, from what you, you've explained and what I think I've understood from this Logically report is really just in line with your average like crypto, uh, you know, shitcoin pump and dump scam that we were seeing really peak last summer with a lot of like just like non even just like completely apolitical like you saw like video game streamers, Instagram influencers last summer just left and right minting their own tokens saying this is a great financial opportunity i've it's going to be some great utility get into this and it'll there's some real things in the works and then people would buy in the uh people who minted the coin the influencer and their uh uh you know their friends would immediately sell off and completely drop the project and say oh you know things just didn't work out it sucks it went that way and every, all their fans would be left Holding the bag, holding the losses, because you know the 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 influencers' gains came directly from their fans buying in. Um, is that 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 seems to be what this is, right? They would just sell off as the uh, their their believers would buy, and then the project would just die because there would be no liquidity left. Well, actually, not quite because oh. uh, it it it's we can't prove a direct connection between the wallets that mint the coin and the wallets that like, um, excuse me, the we can't 
we can't prove for certain that Whiplash and QSI are directly making profits from the coins that they promote because we don't know their wallet addresses. We don't know where that money comes from and where it goes. We do know that it looks a lot like a pump and dump scheme in that sense, in that they spam their followers with you know, exhortations to buy and hold. And then if you look at what happens on the ledger, you know, all of that money gets pulled out of the system when it reaches a peak. We also know that most of these assets are advertised nowhere else. They're only advertised on these closed channels. However, um, there are IP address connections to some of the domains that are affiliated with these tokens that are connected to other countries, including India and Romania and uh, a few other places. So it seems, at least from our research, that Whiplash and QSI have been plugged in somehow to a larger uh, network. Um, and we, while we, again, we can't prove that they are directly profiting from these schemes because we can't see where that money goes. Uh, it does seem likely that they must be getting money, but I can't prove that. <laughs> right. I mean, if they if they keep doing the same scheme over and over again, there must be a reason. Uh, right. Like, 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 yeah. But we can't prove what that reason is. <laughs> um, certainly they do talk about earning a profit from their schemes. They do talk about, you know. Uh, they've invested money in this and they have gotten money from it and that they have been very profitable. And it does, you know, stand to wonder, like, if they're always talking about profiting and they're promising that their followers are profiting, but everybody that I spoke to talked about losing money, then that does raise the question. Let me bring up, uh, I, I was looking around online after reading your report and I came across uh, I was actually really surprised how, you know, you, you had mentioned the closed channels that this is occurring on. But there was one um, platform I found Emily Tang on, a Patriot Cakes, where she was promoting this stuff pretty openly. Like, I, 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 I know most of the, you know, it obviously seems to be going on in these closed Telegram channels. But there was this YouTube channel, uh, you know, going by like the the official like Telegram channel name. Like, what is it again? Quantum Investments or something like that. Quantum, Quantum Stellar Initiative. Quantum Stellar Initiative, right? Um, and on this YouTube channel, I was just you know looking at some of these videos, and there's the usual like you know sort of like Zoom call like type stuff where she's talking to other people, like I'm guessing admins in her channel or other people who are involved in the schemes. But there were a few where it was like in-person parties, like like Tupperware parties, like straight up reminiscent of classic uh, MLM schemes. Are, are they is, – is that how they're bringing some of these people into these investments too? Like has this – has this from, from your investigation, has this also gone – beyond just the hardcore QAnon online faithful to just like real world people, real world people who might be divorced from the political or conspiratorial part of this? Or, or is that just uh, like, a, or the YouTube videos, the in-person like Tupperware parties, just like a facade to, to make those very same people think that there's something bigger going on here. No, I think that's, oh, sorry, go ahead, Nick. I'll let you do that one. 
Um, I'm just, I was just saying that, like, um, you know, I don't think we can really comment on the on it, whether it had like how many people it's reached or outside of the Telegram channels or who it's reached. But uh, as far as I know, like an Ernie, correct me if I'm wrong, most of the people we talked to were at least drawn in at some point via conspiratorial thinking and QAnon theories. Yeah, certainly. They were at least sympathetic to a lot of the ideas presented there. Um, and again, like I said, that doesn't mean they necessarily believed everything that um, Whiplash and QSI said, but they uh, they were very sympathetic to the idea that um, this was a way that could make them money, which is, I think, the draw for a lot of MLMs, certainly. And uh, because cryptocurrency is so new and so confusing, it makes a lot more sense to try and get financial advice from a group that you're already somewhat sympathetic to and who seems to have some like resources available for you to get into it, which they do provide. Right. Now, has has Stellar commented on this or do they I mean, I know these cryptocurrency companies are hands off. That's the whole point of it being well, they're hands off until, you know, from my experience, it affects their bottom line and then they'll get involved in, or get outside centralized help to uh, pump in something. Um, but has Stellar commented on this or because they, they like you mentioned, they make it so easy to mint these coins. I'm sure I'm sure I mean, I'm sure, you know, this is the one we're talking about for this episode, but I'm sure this is something that's been repeated outside of these two individuals as well, because uh, like you said, they make it so easy to do. I think they have a, a like a like a how-to on their blog, uh, on their website, that basically gives you five easy steps to minting a brand new token on the Stellar Network. Have they said anything? Uh, so, uh, several of the tokens have been reported by uh, a lot of the former investors who um, who were the ones who spoke to us and who are you know, the ones who alerted us to what was going on. Um, and, you know, the information that they had started to put together in, a, in an independent effort, they've been reporting uh, a lot of the fraudulent assets to the Stellar Network and to Lobster, which is the wallet app that um, QSI and Whiplash encourage their followers to use. Um, and a lot of those tokens have been marked as fraudulent by the Stellar Network, but uh, I, I don't know if Stellar has offered any comment on it beyond that. Right. So let's let's get into some of these, uh, you know, the, the real world implications here of what's going on. Now, you you've spoken to uh, a number of the people who've been victimized, victimized, excuse me, by this uh, financial scheme. Uh, what what are we talking about in terms of losses? What if people, you know, what 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 are people dealing with here? I mean, this is really the you know just to. Give it a backstory this is really why we started investigating this in the first place because i mean this we had our eye on a lot of you know um similar groups and chats um for a while now and we've been familiar with like whiplash 347 and um we got these tips that people were losing a lot of money in uh, these particular groups and that somebody had actually committed suicide as a result so that's when we really stepped in and said okay well we got to figure out what's going on if this is uh, legitimate if it, this is fraudulent we're going to go in and investigate and you know uh, the more we started talking to people the clearer it was that people have lost large sums of money and um, some of it we discussed in the report 
even after the report came out, um, a couple of other people at least came, you know, contacted us saying we lost, you know, one person lost about 300, 350,000 US dollars. Oh my God. And um, several people who also have like a, currently apparently have, you know, $400,000 in this. And um, so for some people, the losses are immense. You know, this is, we're talking about, you know, something that could be a retirement fund, something that could be you know, enough to buy property. And in one case, uh, somebody that we talked to, uh, a former admin who committed suicide as a result of his losses. Do, do, yeah. Uh, do we have like I, a... I was just going to... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, I was going to say that um, another loss besides the substantial financial loss is that, you know, there's this loss of feeling of trust. There's a there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt involved in a lot of this. Um, and so people lost a lot of their dignity as well. That sounds like uh, a, a smaller measure, you know, in comparison to all the money. But it takes a lot of guts to lose that much money and realize, you know, that you've been conned, that you've been had. Um, but they still came forward to speak to us because they wanted to try and prevent it from happening to anybody else. And we really do appreciate that because that must have been very difficult to do. Right. I mean, we're, we're from what it sounds like, we're talking totals that are in the millions, if possibly even tens of millions of dollars that have been lost. I mean, it certainly sounds like there's got to be at least a few million that, that, that have taken out at the very least. Easily. Um, in an informal survey, the last time I checked, they um, the people that I had been speaking to had surveyed about 150 people and estimated their collective losses at more than $3 million. Jeez. And this could likely be a conservative estimate, too, because, you know, like exactly what you were saying, I think, or Ernie was saying, rather, that um, uh, a lot of people who are still in that process who don't want to believe that they've been conned, uh, well, they're not likely to report those losses anytime soon, or at least they haven't yet. So we have no way of estimating that. Uh, so we're basing this on just the people who have lost that money and came forward. Now, how did? Yeah, is the, is there some something that that sort of invigorated these people into you know doing what they did and reaching out to you? Because like we've been talking about since the very beginning of the show. Well, first of all, people falling for scams in general, whether it's a cryptocurrency scheme or anything else, um, it's often very hard for them to talk about it in general because it's hard, like you said, for them to admit that they fell for something like this. But then on top of that, you have that extra... Uh, uh, qual uh, quality about these people in specific who are distrusting of, for example, an organization like Logically because you would be seen as the mainstream or, you know, your work uh, in terms of, uh, you know, debunking misinformation might might seem like you're uh, outright attacking their worldview. Um, you know, what was the motivation behind those people in particular uh, to to come out and say uh, this is what's going on here? Well, like I said, um, I would say their main motivation was to try and expose QSI and Whiplash um, and to try and prevent anybody else from uh, losing money in the way that they had. They wanted to protect others. 
Um, you know, a lot of the people I spoke to, like, lost work in the pandemic. They um, were disabled and didn't have any other way of making a living, or perhaps they were elderly, and, you know, they were relying on um, what sounded like a pretty decent investment. Like, it was made to, to appear to be a good bet. Um, and so they really wanted to try and prevent it um, happening to anyone else. And they had already started to you know, kind of self-organize a campaign to talk to other people in those groups to try and help get them out of it. Um, and they were partially successful. You know, they they had like their own little chat group where they organize and start to collect research on how these schemes work. Um, and it was, you know, based off a lot of their research that I started to understand how to read the Stellar blockchain in the first All place, because right. it is quite confusing for a, a newcomer to figure out what's going on. Right. So I was going to ask that, too, in terms of like, um, did any of these individuals share with you exactly how uh, they got involved in this? Because I feel like one of the things that a lot of the, uh, the uh, you know, Q itself and QAnon influencers we're able to weaponize is that um, their believers tend to maybe not be so, uh, you know, uh, tech savvy or, you know, uh, uh, have like lower like in online media literacy uh, skills. Um, how did they because because even crypto for even tech savvy people, I've spoken to software developers, all sorts of people who say this stuff, the blockchain, this is all really confusing. Like, how did they? How did they get involved there? Did did like uh, Whiplash and Emily like really handhold like handhold these people through the process? Um, actually, uh, some of the people I had spoken to had created resources to like help get people involved. Initially, yes, uh, Whiplash and QSI were posting like tutorials on how to. Um, like you know download this app to to swap coins how to buy these coins how to trade them for different coins um and a lot of them you know kind of created these community resources when they were still involved in qsi and whiplash about how to get involved basically how to participate as a non-tech savvy person and then when they realized <laughs> what was going on they were all of course horrified <laughs> um and so, you know, I think that also helps motivate the the campaign to get people out of there for them. Right. Can can you go a little bit because that that story and I know some more details have come out and obviously with still protecting protecting the identity of the individuals involved. Can you go a little bit more into detail of the story of that? I mean, it's a tragedy here. What happened? Uh, that 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 individual who ended up uh, taking their life because of what went on. Yeah, so the individual was a former admin who um, lost $150,000 as a result of this. Uh, uh, $100,000. And, and we should clarify an admin of a, of a regional group, not of one of the main chat groups. Yeah. Um, ended up losing his business and his house, if I'm not mistaken. And... Um, he was, I think, well, the, the Vice reported it on this uh, yesterday, and it turns out that the 
he was arrested for arson, I believe, and he was released from jail and, you know, he went back home and committed suicide immediately. So it seems like he had like a, a sort of a, a mental breakdown because of everything that was going on. I remember reading that piece. Yeah, there was his, I think Vice spoke to the individual sibling who said yeah. like they both got into cryptocurrency at the same time. And, you know, the, he just got into the crypto side of it. But then his brother went down this path of specifically getting into this QAnon related crypto. And so he not only got involved with the financial aspects, but also like the conspiratorial, uh, you know, uh, beliefs as well, which seems to have taken a toll. That's, uh, that's a, that's, and I, I, you know, that's, that's rough. That's hard to even take in. Uh, I mean, do people, has there been a reaction? I should ask this. Has there been a reaction from the people who've spoken to you about the individual who took their life? Like, are they aware of what went on here? Yeah. Um, the people I spoke to were helping run one of these little regional uh, investment groups into the quantum financial system. Um, and basically, they had heard, um, you know, they'd been in communication with this individual for a long time, and then he dropped off the map for a long time. Uh, and then his brother came back and let other people know in the chat that, you know, his brother had taken his own life. Um, and, you know, the, the, how I heard about it is that they had been um, talking about this and saying that this is another reason that we really need to make sure that uh, Whiplash and QSI doesn't hurt anybody else because there's already been a death in our community that's been linked to this group. And, you know, obviously suicide is quite a complex thing and we can't know exactly what he was thinking, but his brother does say that um, losing all of that money in these crypto investments uh, really helped put um, him in a hole, uh, really put him into a really deep depression. Right. So, it, and this is what I was saying about the shame, you, you know, the, these are really powerful feelings getting taken in by any sort of investment in losing money, let alone one that later comes out is deeply fraudulent. Um, and, and it can be really hard to like talk about it. it, it his brother lists it as, as a major factor as something that, you know, put him in the hole. And so uh, that's another important reason why we wanted to report on that, because we really do want to have compassion for the people who do invest in this, um, because it is a mistake that almost anybody could make. Right. Absolutely. Have the people who've woken up to the financial scheme, who've reached out to you, has this caused them to question in turn the QAnon beliefs that they held as well? Or are they just blaming this on those specific influencers, Whiplash and uh, Patriot Cakes, a.k.a. Emily Tang? Mainly the latter. People I've spoken to mainly blame it on a group of opportunists who are using what they believe in to make money out of it. But from the people I've spoken to, they're still, you know, very much into believing um, the QAnon conspiracy theories. Yeah, I, I had a feeling, but I was also hoping maybe, you know. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, you know, this whole scheme was just incredible to read in this logically 
uh, report from the fact that, like, you know, you had mentioned that they were um, creating these uh, cryptocurrencies on this easy to, you know, mint token network Stellar, and they were basically naming them after legitimate companies. So it seemed like there was some connection with actual. Uh, thing. So when they would say to their followers, go do your own research, and they would go do their own research, there would be some trail behind that name that would come up. Um, and then again, like you said, we don't know exactly how they're, uh, how much uh, they've been making, if anything, but clearly they keep doing it. Um, and then there's this. This is like the real kicker to me. Like it's not, you know, it's not the biggest thing, but this detail is just like the cherry on top. And that is, the person or persons behind the Whiplash Telegram channel, this uh, QAnon influencer, may not be the original Whiplash who is telling people about, you know, JFK showing back up in Dallas, you know, rising from the dead or whatever, or never, never having died to begin with. Um, <laughs> this might be a completely separate individual is is that correct well to clarify there isn't any evidence to say that it is the same individual nor that it isn't but what we know is that the accounts have sort of multiplied and that there's something going on there so there's some there's a consistency um to say that you know the the original whiplash that came out of a facebook account and onto twitter then moved to telegram and this was one individual um later on you know, you had the the Whiplash Telegram channel, and this was likely started by the same individual. Meanwhile, you're getting all these Whiplash accounts all over the place, and there there are like very fake Whiplash accounts who are just trying to capitalize on this and just uh, sending out private messages to scam people. Uh, what we do know for a fact is that you know there was one Whiplash account that was promoted by the QSI uh, chat that we got in touch with and this person actually responded to us and just by you know the levels of english we could you know easily tell that this was not the same person who was posting on the original main whiplash channel interesting yeah it was not a it, it was not um it was not either the same dialect of English or not the same um, level of English, but it, it was the original uh, Whiplash was a native English speaker, and this person was speaking either a different dialect or a different uh, uh, level of English. And so that, in combination with the different IP addresses for a lot of the domains that have been posted on the scam based in different countries, um, it does seem as if uh either the channel has been sold on or it's possible that the original uh whiplash influencer was fished and lost their account um it's possible that it was sold it's it's very difficult to know right was was emily tang because i know i'm familiar with whiplash uh i've heard that name and i know that the uh, the account's been influential in the QAnon community for a little while now but is Emily Tang Patriot Cakes, is she fairly new? Because I, I thought it was weird that here's this individual who suddenly just happens to be, again, this is, we don't have any proof or anything uh, behind it, but the connection between the two when it comes to these crypto schemes seems a bit 
uh, you know, odd to me. You know, the red flags were going off when I was reading your your report about the the, the two of them uh, and these 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 schemes. Uh, with regards to Emily Tang, I, it's, it's bizarre it's that she's going. It's bizarre that she's going by her real name. Do you know what I mean? Like that is her real name, right? As far as we know. Yeah, yeah, that's her real name. Um, she, you know, she has a, um, she's had a lot of like business and strategic positions and marketing positions uh, in her career. She's a graduate of Columbia, New York City. Um, she you know, apparently views this as a legitimate business and she is trying to, you know, you know, market it as a legitimate business. And this is why she hosts it under her own name and hosts a lot of like affiliated content on her YouTube channel about, um, you know, using things like nutrition, health and wellness, meditation, spirituality to help uh, promote her own brand. Um I don't remember what your original question was. <laughs> oh no, don't worry about it. I, I was I was asking, you know, how how long has uh, I, you know I I went all over the place too. How long has oh, yeah. uh, Patriot Cakes been involved with with QAnon? Because I that was a name I had not been familiar with, whereas Whiplash I was quite familiar with. I'm, um, I'm, I remember looking at back at the archives the the before this individual Emily Tang changed her handle on Twitter, and there were there were mentions of Q here and there and um um but it wasn't like she was an influencer you know right. it was somebody with a twitter account with a few followers and posting you know pro Q and on stuff um but it wasn't until this sort of moved to telegram that or maybe slightly before i'm not sure exactly the timeline the transition from that twitter account to um uh telegram but it hasn't been it's not somebody who's you know been an influencer since the start or, you know, the very early days of Q. Right. Well, yeah, so it, it does seem that she um, rose to a level of influence within the Whiplash channel first and then splintered off to start her own channel. Um, and that's how she got to where she is in, in that community. Right. Yeah. I, it was just interesting to me how that name popped up just with the, you know, with the crypto related stuff. And, and you know, the idea that Whiplash could possibly, again, we don't have proof either way, like you said, but, the the you know the whiplash's postings have changed the trajectory uh seems to uh interestingly enough follow that of uh probably both whiplash's biggest or whoever's behind whiplash uh biggest influence q who also did that same thing where the 4chan q uh many people believe and it seems to pretty much be proven at this point the four the original 4chan q is not the same as the Q that posts on 8chan, now known as 8kun. Um, I mean, it's, it's you know, interesting how those accounts just pretty much get thrown about. It is. I mean, especially when, when, uh, when you have an account that has so much influence in a giant pool of followers, it becomes, especially when it's anonymous, it becomes a sort of like a, a possible commodity. Um, uh, where a person just can, you know, transfer that account or sell that account off uh, because you don't even lose a step if nobody knows, you know, if nobody can notice that there's a transition, there's a change in of hands in who's running the account. Right, right. Ernie Piper and Nick Bakovic of uh, Logically AI, thank you both so much for joining me and walking us through this this really amazing work here, really great report. 
Um, can you share what's uh, and, and if you can't, I get it. Uh, can you share what's next in the pipeline? Like, do you have uh, a follow up here, or is there something else crypto or Q related that you guys got soon to drop? Like a little teaser, maybe. I know. When uh, when we're ready to publish, we'll publish. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Also, feel free right here, right now to uh, drop your, you know, Twitter accounts, uh, links that you want people to go to. Uh, the floor is yours. Feel free, both of you. Uh, I'm who is Ernie on Twitter. Um, I post all of my journalism there. It's all completely disorganized. And I'm at Nick Bakovic. That's B-A-C-K-O-V-I-C. And we're both at Logically AI. That's the company that we both work for. We, uh, we use tech and journalism and fact-checking and data science and all sorts of different like multidisciplinary tools to fight mis- and disinfo, and it's a mission that we care quite a lot about. You guys do great work. I've, I'm a big, uh, big fan of what you guys have been doing over there. Uh, thanks for joining me, and uh, good luck trying to queue up your next report to drop the same time as the next queue post. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, take care. Have a great day. Thanks for having us, Thank Matt. Thanks very much, Matt. See you later. Did you, as QAnon believers say, enjoy the show? Because we'll be doing a lot more of these episodes where we dive into very specific scams, schemes, grifts that may not technically get the mainstream coverage that a major cryptocurrency company or hedge fund or token going under would get. So Scam Economy viewers, if you'd like to support this show, go to patreon.com slash mattbinder to become a paying subscriber and fund more content, more distribution, help me bring people on board to help me do everything I would like to do with this show. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash mattbinder. Follow the Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash mattbinder. If you're watching live on YouTube, drop a super chat. If you're catching the replay on YouTube, drop a super thanks. If you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, connect your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account and you get a free Twitch Prime subscription every month from Amazon. Give it to your favorite Twitch creator. Hopefully that's me. That's what I'm telling you about this. But don't let it go to waste. Don't let Amazon keep the free money they're literally giving you. Give it to someone whose content you enjoy. ScamEconomy.com for all the podcast links for this show. DoomedCast.com for all the podcast links for that show. Both shows this week are on completely different aspects of QAnon. So if you enjoy this type of content, definitely check out both episodes for like the one-two, I don't know, conspiracy jab and uppercut combo. Leave a review at Apple Podcasts on Spotify if you can. It really helps people find this show. Just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, type in Scam Economy, click the star rating. If you'd like to leave a written review, do that too. It takes no time at all. So if you can and would like to, please go ahead and do that. Follow me on Twitter at Matt Binder and pretty much anywhere on social media. Just search Matt Binder. Be sure to check out the live streamed post shows and I will see you all next time on the Scam Economy. <laughs> <laughs>